are listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Heights Baptist Church in Alvin, Texas. For more information about our church, you can find us at heightschurch.org. Good morning. Hope you are doing well. And good morning to those that are online. And uh, my name is Lee. I'm lead pastor here. And thanks for connecting with us here in the worship service uh, and online where you are in your house. Uh, this morning, we want to start off uh, just with a, a word of prayer. We want to pray for two churches uh, here uh, in Alvin. Uh, there are some uh, first is South Park Baptist Church. We want to pray for them. Uh, today they are uh, calling a new pastor. They're voting on a, a pastor today. So we want to pray for him and his family. And uh, they've been without a pastor for almost three years now. And so we want to pray for South Park as they're, they're making those decisions this morning. Uh, and then also we want to pray for Alvin Missionary uh, Baptist Church. Uh, the pastor there is Justin Gatlin. And uh, he's just a great guy great church. And, and he messaged me yesterday and, and they've had a, an outbreak of COVID within their church. They have a church member that has a confirmed case and then uh, several other members that are, are being tested uh, as well. And, and so I asked him if I could share that publicly uh, with us and, and online so we could be in prayer for them. And he, he said yes. And so I want to pray for them as well, that uh, healing would take place within their church uh, physically and, and for them as a church right now as well. So let's, let's open in a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much uh, for the way you love us and, and what you do for us and the way you, you guide us and lead us. Uh, Lord, I, I, I thank you for those that were able to be here at our 9 o'clock service, those who are here at 1030, and Father, those that have joined us online. Uh, Lord, I, I pray for each decision that's made right now on, on what to do, whether to come in person or stay at home and worship. And Lord, I just pray for wisdom and guidance for each family in that. And Lord, I, I pray that no matter where we are, uh, here or, or there, uh, we can still worship you together. And so, Father, we thank you for the technology we have to be able to, to join many other brothers and sisters in Christ online this morning and in person. Lord, we pray for South Park Baptist Church. Uh, we pray uh, for them as a, a church today to make this decision on their, their new pastor. Uh, Father, we pray for that ministry and that church to grow and, and be effective uh, in reaching more people for Christ. And Lord, we pray for Alvin Missionary Baptist Church and, and for Gu Justin. Lord, we pray for the, the church member and the family that has a positive case of COVID and we pray for their healing. Uh, Father, we pray for those that are being tested that it, it will be negative results. And uh, Lord, we just pray for Justin as the pastor and the leadership of that church uh, in our community right now as we're seeing the rise in confirmed cases here in, in our, our area, that, Lord, uh, you will protect us. But, Father, use this time to draw us closer unto you, we pray in Christ's name as well. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Uh, well, if you have a Bible with you this morning, I'm going to invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 6, or maybe you have it on your phone. Excuse me, Matthew chapter 16 is where we're going to be. Uh, so Matthew chapter 16. So if you have a, a Bible with you here or on your phone or, or there at home, go on and open up your Bible. And if you're with somebody and you brought a Bible and they didn't bring a Bible, now's just the point in the service where you can judge them, right? <laughs> you can look at me like, shame for not bringing a Bible, right? Or if you're at home and one of them's sitting in the PJs and hadn't moved at all, just, just go like this right there. Just, you know, just go shame, shame. You know, I'm totally kidding. It's fine. 
We'll have the words on the screen as well for you. You know, when you think about 2020, uh, if you went back to January, or, you know, early January, and I said, I'm going to give you a piece of paper, and I'm going to give you $5 million. If you predict, what's it going to be like in June? Would you have written down COVID, mask, social distancing? No, right? I mean, none of us would have predicted where we are. It's just been a, a crazy first six months of 2020. And, and you can think of all just kind of the different things we've had to go through and all the changes. And it just, it makes your head hurt some days. You know, but one of the things 2020 has produced that has been great are some awesome memes on Facebook, right? And so I, I pulled some of just awesome memes that uh, we've seen come up just, you know, as a way to break the ice for us to laugh a little bit this morning. So here's a couple of them. Remember this guy uh, from all the infomercials? You know, this one, 2020, every second. But wait, there's more, right? Don't we feel like there? There's just more coming. There's more happening. Now, this is one of my favorites as we're about to enter into a new month. Would we all agree with that one? Like, I don't know. June's been a little up and down. What's July going to bring? Uh, how about this? Remember, guys, anybody do Where's Waldo as a kid? Like, it was impossible to find Waldo. The social distancing edition is, is way easier uh, on Waldo. And this one's my, my favorite. The Oompa Loompas from the, the original, you know, Willy Wonka. It says, I feel like the end of every month in 2020, an Oompa Loompa should come out and sing to us a song about a lesson we should have learned over the past 30 days, but we didn't, right? Oompa Loompas, you remember that movie? Like, I'm the kid in the Chocolate River. Like, you remember that scene? Like, that would be me. Like, Chocolate River, all the, all the goodies, man, I would, be, I would be that kid. So, I mean, you think of all the the things that have happened so far and all the changes and all the things where we just kind of go, what's going on? What's going to happen next? You know, the instability that life has felt like over the last six months. But there, there's something that you and I need to remember today. And, and what we need to remember today is, is this, that Jesus is building his church. No matter how crazy things get out in culture, no matter how many things happen that we don't expect or we don't understand, the, the, the part we can just take solace on today is that Jesus is building his church. And when you come into Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 says that Jesus is entering into a new region. And he comes to his disciples. More than likely, it's more than just the 12. Oftentimes, crowds gathered around Jesus wherever he went. And he asked them this question, who do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? And the disciples respond. They say, some say you're John the Baptist. You know, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're, you're one of the prophets. So you need to understand this morning that who you define Jesus to be is how you will follow Jesus. And so if you say that Jesus is just a good teacher, then you're only going to come to Jesus for good teaching and just information and knowledge. Because who you define Jesus to be is how you will follow Jesus. So if you say, ah, he's just a good teacher. Well, you're just going to come to Jesus and say, give me knowledge. Maybe if you come to Jesus and say, well, you know, he's a, a good moral man. Then you're only coming to Jesus to change your morality, change your actions. Or maybe you're just coming to Jesus and say, you know what, he has good ideas. So then you're only coming to Jesus to maybe pick and choose the ideas you like. See, how you 
determine who Jesus is, his identity, determines how you follow Jesus. And notice Peter's response in verse 16. It says, but Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's who Christ is, the Bible would say, that he is the Christ, the son of the living God. You know, that day and time, all the false gods, what separated Jesus from all the pagan gods was those false gods were dead, but Christ is alive. If you think about it today, in our today's terms, all the false gods, they're dead, but Christ is alive. So Peter's confession is that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus responds in verse 17 and he says, you're right. You're right, Peter. You have answered correctly that this information was given to you by God and and now you have confessed me rightly. See, this morning, how do you confess Jesus? Who do you confess him to be? Because if, if you say there in your house or you say here in the worship center, I believe that Jesus is the one who died on the cross for my sin. I believe Jesus rose from the grave on the third day. I believe he's the Lord and Savior of my life. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. If that's your confession, then he changes everything about you. He changes your mind. He changes your, 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 your speech. He changes your heart. He changes your actions because he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's his identity. That's who's building his church. And no matter what happens in our world today, Christ is building his church. So I want you to look at the building plan here with me. The foundation upon which Jesus is building. Pick up in verse 18. He says, I tell you, Peter, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I love that verse. Let's read it again. There's so much there to unpack. I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When you think of the foundation of the church, what what is the foundation of the church that Jesus builds upon? You know, and what's that foundation? What does he mean even by the word Church. I mean, that, if you said church, what's a church? Well, that, that, that has a lot of connotation to it. You know, you may say, well, I, I go to Heights Baptist Church, you know, I, or I go to this church, or this church meets here. See, oftentimes the way we use church in a modern day context is we will use church in the sense to describe a building, to describe a location. But Jesus here is using the word church, which is ekklesia out of the Greek. And it means this, it means called out ones. See, Jesus is not talking about a building, he's not talking about a location, he's talking about a people. And that's what the word church means. Uh, It's used twice in the Gospels, both times in Matthew, Matthew 16, Matthew 18. You're going to see church used often in the New Testament. But when you read that word church, it's not speaking to a location, but a people. Because what the word means is to be called out. We are called out ones. Well, what does Jesus call us out of? Jesus calls us out of death. 
Jesus calls us out of sin. Jesus calls us out of hell. Jesus calls us out of the world. And Jesus puts us together. And so what you have in the Bible is church being applied in two different ways. So you can apply the word church, meaning the brothers and sisters in Christ, in a universal sense. So stop and think about it this way. When someone becomes a believer in Jesus Christ, they are put in the universal church. So the universal church is everywhere. That makes up of every person that confesses Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life. They make up the universal church. That means this morning there are church members in Africa and England and you know, South America, Brazil, uh, I guess up in the North Pole, right? If you have somebody up there believing in Christ, right? The universal church is everywhere. That's people that confess Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their lives. That's the universal church. But then you have the universal church that now meets locally. So you have local churches, Local churches is like us. We come together as the church here to meet. And so Jesus here is talking about his universal church. Christians everywhere. I'm going to build my church, Jesus says. So this building project, what's the foundation? Because what does he say in verse 18? He says, Peter, upon you, I'm going to build my church. But, but Matt and the praise team sang a song a minute ago that said the church has one foundation. It's Jesus Christ, our Lord. So is the foundation of the church Peter? Is the foundation of the church Jesus? Is the foundation of the church the apostles? I mean, now I, I'm going to say that there are, are volumes and volumes and volumes of books written about verse 18. We're going to answer that question in five minutes, okay? Here's what it means. Is the church foundation Jesus? Is it Peter? Is it the apostles? Are you ready for the answer? Yes. There it is, right? Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, the apostle Paul says, Jesus, you're the foundation of the church. He says in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 20, that it's the apostles that are foundation of the church. If you think about the way Jesus works, he's building his people. He's building his church. That means you and I are still part of this foundation and Christ is our chief cornerstone. So all the apostles, all the people uh, that have witnessed over the years, all the preachers, all the Christians, they're the foundation of the church. Jesus is building his church through us, through you, through Christians everywhere. And I, I think that needs to give us some pause to remember a few things. That there are, are a lot of churches that are still not open back for public worship yet around our country. Uh, I have friends that pastor in, in many different states. I have a friend that's right around the Chicago area this morning that they're attempting to hold their first public worship service. I have friends in other states that are still strictly all online. You know, as a church, we had to go online for a while. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of our members this morning that are watching online. We hope to not have to close campus again at any point and move all back online. But understand that it, it would be a fallacy and, and a wrong thinking to think if, if a church has to close its campus for a period of time that the church is closed. Why? Because what's Jesus teaching? 
He's building the church. If you and I are the church, then the only way the church ever closes is if Christians stop reading their Bibles. If Christians stop praying. If Christians stop serving in their communities. If Christians stop sharing the gospel. That's when the church closes. A campus may not have to meet in person for a while, but the church is still alive. Jesus is still building. No matter all the things with COVID, the gospel is still going out. Jesus is working through people. I mean, you stop and think about it. When is our witness as believers in Jesus Christ the strongest to those that don't believe? When do we get the gospel out the most as Christians? Is it when we're gathered together or when we're scattered? See, I would say we're at our strongest. We're at our best. We get the gospel out to more people that don't know Christ, not when we're gathered together, but when we're where we are during the week. See, you, you interact with people during the week at work that probably don't know Christ. Look, I, I'm up here all week long with the church staff, but they better know Christ, right? I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm jealous of a lot of you that you get to show up to work. You don't even have to go somewhere to meet a, a lost person. You just show up to your job and they're there. So you stop and think about it. When we scatter, when we're in our homes, when we're in our neighborhoods, when we're in our grocery stores, when we're in our banks, when we're where we are, the church is still alive. The church is active. Why? Because Jesus is building his church through you and through me. Christ builds his church. And I want you to notice this building plan again about the invincibility of the church. I love in verse 18, let's return there. And we see that the church that Jesus builds is invincible. Look at verse 18. He says, I will tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. There's three truths I want to unpack out of that very quickly. Is first, you notice how Jesus said this and how he, this was written. It, it is going to come true. It's going to happen. It's happening. He says, I will build my church. The way that that's written is it's an ongoing building process. I will build my church. But then I want you to notice something about this. The builder of the church, Jesus, it's an intimate building plan. He says this, I will build what? My church. When you come to Christ as your Lord and Savior and you give your life to Jesus, the Bible says you're adopted into his family. You become his sons. You become his daughters. Now you have a spiritual father, and, and that's God. He brings you into his family. And Jesus says, you are my church. Right? You belong to me. I'm, I'm building you. And that's intimate. It's not a God that's distant. That's a God that cares for you, a God that loves you, a God that knows you. You know, this morning when I was, I was sitting in my chair reading my Bible, uh, before, you know, the house woke up and I was just reading over this passage and I was praying. I, I heard the birds out in the yard. You know, I heard the birds in the trees and they're, you know, chirping away and things. And I just stopped and I thought, and I was like, God, the Bible says you, you know all those birds. You take care of all those birds. You, you know when each bird falls to the ground. And if you know a bird like that, then how much more do you know me intimately? much more than you know me as one of your sons. 
that Christ came and died for and gave his life for. And so what I want you to see this morning is that intimate knowledge that God has of you. And what that should do is cause you to love him more. Cause you to trust him deeper. Cause him, you you know, for you to come to him and say, look, no matter what happens, I belong to you and you're building the church. You're building me as a person. Jesus builds his church. And then I love this part in verse 18. He says, I tell you, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. And notice how it ends. And the gates of hell or the gates of Hades, your translation may say, shall not prevail against it. This is invincible. This is unstoppable. I mean, let me ask you this. Um, you slip your hand up online. Maybe you can click the like button there on your, on your post. How many of you have like a gate around your house? Anybody with fences, gates? I mean, okay. All right. Okay, quite a few of them. You Maybe online you're, you're clicking right now. Yeah, I've got a, a gate or a fence around my house. Why do you have a gate? Why do you have a fence? Really, the, the purpose of a gate and a fence is, is twofold, right? You're trying to keep something in. You know, maybe you have an animal uh, or, or a toddler that you let play outside and you don't want them to run off in the road and, and disappear, right? So you want a, a gate is for the purpose of keeping something in. But what else? Not only do you want to keep something in, you're trying to keep somebody out, you know? Like, I don't want you to come in. So it's, I'm pinning you in, but then I don't want somebody coming in, right? That's the purpose of a gate. Can we all agree with that, right? Okay. What is Jesus saying? What is he saying in verse 18? I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Is it saying that Satan is on the offense against us and Satan will stop us? Well, no. I mean, we know that the Bible in 1 Peter said that, that Satan is like a roaring lion that, that seeks to attack. But does he have dominance over us as Christians? No. Why? Because Christ has won the victory. Through his death, burial, and resurrection, Christ has won the war. So what you and I do when we minister, when we share the gospel as Jesus is building his church, we're not trying to earn victory. We're doing this with victory. We're doing it from a position of victory. So what Jesus is saying is this, that death can't stop us. That sin can't stop us. That we can evade into spiritual darkness as people who have the light and push back the light. The gates can't keep us out. Now we go in. And we can charge hell with the squirt gun if we want to. Because we're on the side of Jesus. Not on the side of the loser. They can't keep us out. We've got the light. We've got the answer. And guess what? When a person gives their life to Jesus Christ. As their Lord and Savior. That the gates of Hades can't keep them in. Darkness can't keep us out. And when someone comes to Christ, it can't pin them in. That Satan doesn't have the power to keep a dead person dead. It's Jesus that gives life. And so when we share the gospel, when Jesus is building his church through us, Satan doesn't win. That he can't keep dead people dead. He can't keep us out. We're going in and we're taking people out with us. Amen? That's good news. Man, I don't know if that's good news for you in your home. Maybe you want to click that like button right now, but that's good news to me. I know it's for you. That's what he's saying. That yes, we will be attacked. Yes, it will be hard. Yes, there are times where it will look like 
things are out of control. But remember, Jesus is building his invincible, unstoppable church. I love the writings of J.C. Ryle. He was a, a Puritan pastor back in the olden days. And I want you to listen to this quote that he wrote. He said, nothing can altogether overthrow and destroy the church. Its members may be persecuted, oppressed, imprisoned, beaten, beheaded, and burned. But the true church is never altogether extinguished. It rises again from its afflictions. It lives on through fire and water. When crushed in one land, it springs up in another. The Pharaohs, the Herods, the Neros, they have labored in vain to put down the church. They slay their thousands and then pass away and go to their own place. But the true church outlives them all and sees them buried each in his own turn. The church is an anvil that has broken many a hammer in the world and will break many a hammer still. The church is a bush which is often burning and yet is not consumed. This morning, find peace there. Find strength in Jesus. Find that hope in that, that we are part of an invincible church. He is building his church. And this morning, we get to celebrate as we did at 9 o'clock. Uh, and we'll do this at 10.30 with those of you online. Uh, the commissioning of, of Sonny Halford and, and members that are going to go with him, his team, to start Kingdom Harvest Church. Uh, and, and we're excited about that. And what we're doing today is we're, we're sending them out as a mission church of Heights Baptist Church. Uh, now, if you know our history here at Heights, we were a mission church one time from First Baptist Church in town. And essentially what a mission is, is we're sending them out as a mission. It's an extension of our ministry here at Heights Baptist Church right now until they become their own local autonomous church. Um, think about it this way, if you will. And maybe this will help some of you understand it a little better. Um, when a mother gives birth to a child, the child doesn't come out walking, right? You know, some ladies are like, yeah, my kid was big enough. It, it pretty much did come out walking, right? I mean, but usually when you give birth, the, the kid doesn't walk right away. The parents help the child walk. The parents help the child along. And so what we are doing as, as a church, as Sonny has felt this call, as these folks are going to start this new work, we want to help it along. We want to come alongside of them and help them become their own local church. And so over the uh, last several months, almost really to a year, Sonny and I have been talking about this off and on. Uh, we've been praying together about this. And uh, like I told first service, anybody, anytime somebody comes to me and says, hey, I feel like I've, you know, I want to go into the ministry or the mission field or church plant, uh, one of the things I, I, I want to do is to try to talk them out of it. You know, and I've done everything I could do to talk Sonny out of this. And I, I told him, I said, I'm going to try to talk you out of this, because if I could talk you out of it, it's not a call of God, right? And uh, finally, we just got to a point where I encouraged him. I said, look, I, I think God's calling you to do this. Just go do it, right? Just, just jump in and, and go. And so I'm excited for them. And be able to answer that call as his team to say, yeah, we're, we're excited to start this process and to start this church. And so what we're doing today is, is we're going to send them out and, and pray for them and just come alongside of them and cheer them on. Uh, I know there's a lot of practical questions some of you might have of, of what's going to happen with this, how this is going to look. And let me encourage you on this. 
Uh, you don't always have to have all the practical questions answered before you say yes to God, right? One of my favorite stories in the Bible is Genesis chapter 12, where God tells Abraham, go into a land that I'm going to show you, right? You know, he doesn't tell him when, he doesn't tell him where, he doesn't tell him how he's going to get there. He's just like, just go and I'll show you, right? How many husbands want to have that conversation with your wives? Like, hey, look, uh, God's told us to go and, and we'll figure it out along the way, right? I mean, you know, and I just love that. He just said, I'm going to go. And so right now, I know there's some practical questions they're working on and working through as a team, uh, but they're just, they're ready to go. And so we are, as a church, we're celebrating that, coming alongside of them, supporting them, helping them uh, to help see this grow and, and have an impact in the kingdom of God. So what we did about two weeks ago, Sonny and myself and uh, Chuck Beam, who is uh, director of missions over the Gulf Coast Baptist Association, we, we sat down and we began to work on kind of a support plan of how we as Heights can support uh, his team and him and Kingdom Harvest Church. And we put this together. Um, these are things we'll probably add to as, as time goes on to find out a little bit better. And, and we let our, our mission team here work on that as well with us. So uh, the first part of that is, is obviously prayer. Uh, we're going to be praying for them, having some intentional uh, prayer times uh, for them, like we did this morning for other churches in our worship services. There'll be times we'll, we'll pray as a church for them. Uh, second, there is a, a core team of folks uh, from our church that's committed to, to go with Sonny and, and Pam and help this. And, and that was one of the first things when he said, hey, I'm, I'm ready to do it. I said, man, I'm going to pray for you. You've got to get a good core team together. And uh, I'm excited for that team that has said yes uh, I want to encourage any of you to go check it out sometime. Uh, get with Sonny on what time they're going to determine to meet on Sunday morning. And if you just want to go check it out, worship with them sometime, uh, feel free to do that. There's some trainings that we're putting together for Sonny and his team as well. And uh, we're defining that out a little bit better of what that's going to look like. And then just some administrative help. There's just some administrative things that have to happen when you're, you're starting a, a new church. And so what we're doing right away, and you'll see this on our budget reports next month, is in your budget, you always have two kind of areas. You have a general budget and then what we call a designated fund area. Uh, that designated funds, we're going to be setting up a line item for Kingdom Harvest Church. And so uh, anybody can give directly to them. What you'd essentially do is, is write the check to Heights Baptist Memo Kingdom Harvest, and we're going to help them with their finances right now, just kind of helping them manage that till they can get their 5013C and organized and all those things. But you'll see that uh, in the budget coming up right away, and, and so if you feel led to give and support in that way, we'll be more than happy to help you with that. But this morning, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what Jesus is doing when you look out at America right now, when you look out at our state, you look out at our town. He's building his church, and he's building it through you. I mean, we love the song we just sang it last week entitled uh, Nobodies from Casting Crowns. He's building it through us. We're just a bunch of nobodies trying to tell everybody about the somebody that saved our souls. And this morning, who is Jesus to you? Who do you confess him to be? Like Peter, do you say you are the Christ? The son of the living God. Because the Bible says this is Jesus who is God in the flesh. This is Jesus who died on the cross for us. This is Jesus who entered into death. This is Jesus who came out of death on the third day. This is Jesus who has the power over sin. The power over hell. This is Jesus who has the power over death. And when you give your life to Jesus, he sets you free. 
And that's what the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This morning, I want to invite you, if you've never placed your faith, your trust in Jesus Christ to do that. You can do that right where you sit. You can do that right in your home. Today, just come to Jesus and say, I'm ready to follow you with my life. I'm ready to confess my sin to you and trust you to forgive me of my sin. Just like Paul, I've died to my sin and I want to be alive in Christ. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you have sent Jesus to build your church. And Lord, this morning, we thank you that it is Christ who is the master builder. He builds upon the foundation of himself, the apostles, the witness of Christians throughout history upon us. Lord, we thank you for the intimate knowledge you have of us and and how you know us so well that you are building us as a people. And Father, I thank you this morning for the way you love us, the way the, the church is being built. It's invincible. It's unstoppable. It's indestructible. Because Christ has won the victory. I pray, Father, for those that are in their homes this morning. I pray for those that are here in this worship center. That, Lord, if they do not know Christ Jesus as the Lord and Savior of their life, that today they'll come to know Christ. They'll place their faith and trust in Jesus. They'll allow Jesus to build their lives up in Him. And so, Lord, as we continue to worship You through singing and praying for Sonny and and Kingdom Harvest Church, sending them out. We pray that we celebrate that Christ Jesus today is building His church. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.